Vinicius. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the crease dive. Today is Friday, March 8th. I believe it's the 8th. Yeah, gotta gotta look at a calendar, but I am Jordy from Barstool. And with me again, we've got our boy CMS at Call Me Shido on Twitter and Instagram. Hit him up. Uh, Jake, how are we feeling this week, big guy? Uh, pretty good, man. Finally, the sun finally poked out of the fucking clouds down here in the south. It's been raining. So uh, I know you guys, it's always cold as shit up there. So I'm not even going to complain about the weather, but here we are and let's get into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, we, we say this all the time, but the fact that lacrosse is technically considered a spring sport is a crock of shit. Uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I saw that some some D3 games were already canceled this week because it's too damn cold for anyone to do anything. So uh, it's a bunch of bullshit. But, yo, it has been a crazy week in the world of lacrosse uh, and for a few different reasons. Like, obviously crazy for for the standard reasons that you would think about you know we got uh you know started off early last week with number one Loyola going down to Towson then number two Maryland they go down to Notre Dame in, in overtime uh believe uh Yale UMass went to overtime High Point went to double overtime uh Syracuse Virginia they went to overtime as well so like on the field in college across crazy week but that's that's the usual that's par for the course uh but a wild week kind of not necessarily like off the field because some of these are still like on the field related but just like you know uh, some some big things happening in the world of lacrosse and uh i i think the biggest story of all and it, it kind of resolved itself pretty quickly there but you know if you're watching albany versus cornell on on saturday you realize that number one for albany is not in the game dahoga nanacoke nowhere to be found uh comes out on monday coach mar comes out he, he gives an interview with a local local media up there in Albany uh, says that those dirt bags at the NCAA have uh, suspended Dahoga indefinitely for uh, tagging a stringing company in an Instagram post. Uh, so, I mean, we're, we're going to, we're going to get into this a little bit soon here, but greasy, greasy move by the NCAA, but then they come out the next day uh, and they say, well, pump the brakes a little bit here. Guy like coach Mar is, is a liar. We didn't suspend Dahoga. Uh, Albany held him out themselves proactively because they found a violation with one of his Instagram posts, but like we never suspended the guy. They just held him out. Um, so now it's a bunch of just like he said, she said bullshit going on right now. Um, believe that's a, a, a limp biscuit lyric. Uh, but so, you know, but the, this is, you know, the NCAA just being super greasy and I would never trust a single word that those bastards say. Uh, so for right now, I'm I'm still running with the fact that the NCAA suspended Dahoga for tagging a stringing company in an Instagram post, not receiving illegal benefits, not getting paid off by boosters. He tagged a straight, like not even like warrior or STX or anything. like, I didn't see the actual post, but like he wasn't like tagging a company that has like serious money like he tagged a stringing company in an instagram post so he had to miss that game against cornell where albany lost by one goal and you know here's here's my thing um had it not been tohoka had it not been probably one of the high the most highly touted recruits in the past five ten years had it not had he not been so forward facing with the media like he's a human highlight reel had it not been him i don't think the the story would have been 
um, as big as it was. And yeah, that's an obvious take. That's a super obvious take. I'm a fucking moron for making that take, but it's true. If it wasn't Tahoka and it was somebody else, you wouldn't, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be hearing about it, but that's even more to the point that the NCAA is doing this shit over and over. And that you know, like, so fucking what if he tags a streaming company on company on Instagram, you know how much money they've made off the, his Jersey and his likeness especially to Hoka, you know, there's, there's kids, I'm sure there's kids up in upstate New York, yeah, all over who are rocking his UAlbany jersey, you know, and, and he doesn't see, he doesn't get to see a dime of it. Um, I, I hate that he said, she said type deal. Um, I, I think that the main point here is that it's just fucking stupid. Dude, and like, like the, the NCAA, like that, the thing is, is like they just, they always find these ways to just come off like the biggest dirt balls on planet Earth. Like, if you want to start talking about like some like morally bankrupt individuals, look no further than the, than the NCAA. Like, it, it's, it's every single, like, and, and this is, this is the, like, now it's getting to the cross. Like, we've, we've seen them be dirt balls before in football and basketball. Like, they're just they're corrupt and and they don't care about students they don't care about athletes they don't care about a damn thing unless it's money in their pocket like uh so but like now now that it's i here's the one thing here's the one take that i will give that is like shout out to the ncaa this almost legitimizes college across more than anything because like like if if the ncaa is like looking out for like shit like this it's like all right well like maybe you know they've been they've been fucking people over in, in college basketball and college football for so long. Like this is the first like real like, yo know, the NCAA is being super greasy to college lacrosse players right now. So that it's it's almost like a rite of passage. Um, but like that's that's the thing though. It's like he tagged a stringing company in an Instagram post. Like I I I just don't understand how. Like even if it was Albany holding him out proactively to to make sure that they don't like have any like issues later, like the fact that they still need to do that because they think that that's a violation against the NCAA, like that's where it's like yo, you, like you guys may not have actually suspended him, but your dumb fucking rules are, are the reason why he had to miss that game. So you have to think somebody snitched. Who snitched on Tuck? Like like. His how many Instagram followers does he have? I, th I think it's like he, 20, he does, he, 20, he does a, something he does a like good that. Job at, at building his brand, so I mean, people so, are definitely looking out for it. But okay, he's verified. He's got forty thousand. Okay, even then, like so, there are some uh, there's some basketball players, you know, college basketball players who have six, eight, ten times that amount, and he's over here with forty thousand. I think somebody snitched. That's my take. I think, think so. I think I think somebody tried to take take this man down. You think uh, you think Jeff Teat was like, yo, like, yeah, let's let's, <laughs> let's get a little. I mean, yeah, hey, man, Cor Cornell, <laughs> like they're smart, like they're Ivy League, they're shifty like that, that's too. Right. Like I'm, I'm, that's actually that's something to to keep a lookout for. And I mean, like the thing is, too, like Albany and Cornell, like. I don't know, like New York's a pretty big ass state and I'm pretty bad at geography, but they're pretty close together. No, it can't be that far apart. So like they could even Cornell could have just like double agents in like just in Albany right now, like just people walking around in class with Dahoga. He wouldn't know a damn thing about it, but they're double agents for Cornell. So I I like that. I think that that holds a lot of a lot of weight. I mean, I, you, you 
you know, these um, like Cornell's a, a big school. I'm sure they've got an extremely large endowment. You know, who's who's to say that the administration doesn't push a little extra cash to the Cornell lacrosse team to look out for that sort of thing? Maybe they've got a guy. Maybe they've got somebody on their athletic roster who just looks for that looks for that shit against you know uh, against other teams to pick it out. So giving Cornell an advantage is it terrible? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I I I like that it it's it's like you're looking for a competitive advantage any way you can get it. Like teams that want to be great, sometimes you got to do some stuff that like you may not be like super proud of. But like if if you want to be great, if you have that heart, if you have that desire to be a champion. Sometimes you pull a move like that. So like, yeah, hey, shout out to Cornell. Like that's that's actually that's a program I would like to I would like to play for. If if they're if you're playing greasy like that and you're like not the NCAA, I'm all for it. Yeah, man. Dub's a dub. Uh, but moving on from uh from NCAA, we'll uh we'll we'll go over to the MCLA real quick because this was a clip that uh Kim Kardashian broke the internet. So this <laughs> clip, Utah Valley, the wave, you've all seen it by now. Um, you know, it, it's been viewed millions upon millions upon millions of times. It's probably, I it was without a doubt, the most viral lacrosse clip since uh, the Ultimate Laxbro videos came yeah. out. Um, so, I mean, this clip just went everywhere. This kid from Utah Valley, I, I, I find it hard to like say that he like shook his defender and like put him to like this, this fucking kid on whatever team, the red that was wearing red jerseys, like just like kind of like super unathletic, just like took himself out trying to throw a rusty gate, but he drops to the ground, Utah Valley kid gives him a little wave, uh, you know, and, and the way that the video shot, the way that it's edited, like the, the wave is just like, like, I'm sure like in person, like real time on the field, like the wave was like, I bet like a bunch of people missed it, um, but the way that it was shot and edited, the wave was right there. Then the kid comes in, sticks one stick side high from like 10 without even getting his gloves touched. Uh, but so this video went viral over the, over the weekend. Uh, and th this is what happens in the lacrosse community is like nothing big can ever happen in the sport without completely dividing the lacrosse community in two. So there were the people that loved the clip, thought it was a great highlight, thought it was, you know, great exposure for the sport. And, you know, people that are people with a brain really who were like, yeah, like that was pretty fucking filthy, like disrespectful. Sure. But like you're playing a game, like you're supposed to be disrespectful to your opponents. And then there were the people who had massive dumps in their pants and were like, oh, well, this is classless. This is, you know, it's disrespecting the game and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, I think you could probably tell by the tone of my voice right there, like what side I'm on. Uh, but you know, I, I feel like you're, you're in the same boat here where it's like, dude, like this is lacrosse getting millions of eyeballs. Like sure. It may have been like the most disgusting defense you've ever seen. And like, like <laughs> if you have an issue with this clip, it should be the fact that that defense fucking sucks. Um, but like, if, if you're going to complain about it being classless, like get out of here. I mean, here, so, so here's my take. And I thought about it, you know, I, when I, when I posted it on Twitter, you know, I, I immediately knew that it would be a viral clip just, just for, you know, the shock value and everything. But like, so to start, you know, yeah, the video editing was sick. Right. And it, when it definitely wouldn't have been as powerful as if he hadn't stuck it, you know, if he hadn't scored or anything like that, but like, okay, 
there's this huge stigma around the cross and, and it has been like that around like, God, these kids are just fucking it's bro culture. They're just, they're out there with dad's money. They're fucking chilling. Like they don't respect anybody or anything. They just, you know, they throw huge parties and drink kegs and yeah, some of that happens. All right. That's, that's partially true. But you know, on the other hand, like, yeah, you had some kids on your team. You're like, fuck, this kid sucks. You know, all he does is he's out here to chill and, you know, he, he doesn't want to put any work in. So like, yeah, the stereotypes there, but you know, we're trying to get, we're trying to move past that. That's not what this is about. This is just a sit clip bringing, bringing awareness to like some of lacrosse is uh, pretty cool. So I got like, I got like 25, 27,000 retweets on when I posted it on Twitter. I had to mute it because it's essentially just people <laughs> quoting it and telling me that lacrosse sucks ass and is gay and whatever. And I'm like, thanks guys. That's like, that's, that's totally the point here. So everyone who said that is a wet blanket. Uh, and you know, that was really necessary, but like, yes, a, where the fuck was the defense? Okay. That's, that was sickening. Okay. Two. Yeah. My, my, uh, the only thing I could think of is why the kid was so uneasy was that uneasy was that it was near the box and that he was coming out of the box and didn't realize the ball was there. So that's, that's my take. And the box is shorter. So he had to be there. Three kids. Name is Preston. Classic name. Absolutely classic. Preston Burr, Burr, Bidge, Burr Bridge, something like that. Like that, when I when I've like looked up the kid, like I, I had to like do some like digging to find like the NC, MCLA website and like find this this Utah Valley roster. When I saw that number three was Preston Burbage, I was like, that is like legend. It is such a great villain name. Like uh like like you know the movie uh Get Out where where the one guy is like twirling the lacrosse stick? Like yep. that dude's name in the movie was definitely fucking Preston Burbage. Definitely. And Simon Fraser, which is the team that they were playing, he, I think it's weird because I believe the school is in Canada, but they play they play club in America. I believe so. Don't quote me on that. Oh well, then if anyone's hating on this clip, that means that you're mm. you're not a patriot. Like yo, like this is the USA taking on a foreign nation, and and you've got an issue with with that, like. All right, so that's that's something that we should like. If you're if you're against this clip, you're against America. So, and if you're against America, you can take a fucking hike. Yeah, I'm looking at this shit right now. It's in British Columbia, so huge win for America. I mean, it's in Vancouver, basically. I'd it's, say that's that, the biggest win for America since like 1945. I I'm inclined to agree, but I but like the thing is again it's you 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 said it pretty well there where like this clip like you don't need to make this clip a bigger thing than it actually is like this isn't this isn't this like gr like this broad stroke of like this is just a sick highlight that got a ton of traction and that got great exposure for the sport like you don't need to be like oh this like takes the sport back so many like x amount of years it's like no just like look at the highlight appreciate the people are talking about it and like move on like again it if you want to be if you want to be pissed off about something of that video just because like you're some person who constantly has to be mad online be mad that the t like no one's this kid just walked across he got 
Got to the top of the box. No one even thought about sliding to him until the shot was already out of his stick. And then this goalie, I guess, uh, the goalie did that kid dirty, though. The kid who ended up falling, throwing the rusty gate, the goalie did him so dirty because that was it. It was stick side high, but it wasn't even like it was going in that top corner. Like all the kid literally had to do was just keep his stick just like right where it was. And it would have been popcorn fast break the other way. But for some reason, like this kid just like let that one in. And and you said that like this highlight doesn't it doesn't go that viral if he doesn't stick that shot like the wave was was the uh, you know that was like the the main event but the the fact that it went in that was like you know that that was the punchline right there so you know if if that goalie just keeps his stick right there his boy's not getting blasted on on all like millions and millions of views on social media so uh, you got to start wondering if that goalie has a, a personal vendetta against that that kid. I, I believe he was wearing like number eight or whatever for that Simon mm-hmm. Fraser team. Um, so, you know, definitely definitely some locker room issues in there. But yeah, huge win for America. Huge win for the sport of lacrosse, getting that many eyeballs on that clip. And uh, yeah, if you have an issue with it, go, you know, it's cliche at this point, but change your diapers. Uh, but I, I think with that pretty much boiled down to <clears throat> was was this like this new school versus old school mentality and it definitely it, it's pretty much just like it's it's almost like a generational thing like i feel like the majority of people who had an issue with that clip were older people who like it's like listen like yeah like you have a, a presence online like sure but like are you playing the game anymore like it like do you have any like no like you're just an old dude who you're too old school so like whatever like your your opinion on this is uh invalid speaking of of going to uh you know trying to to present yourself to a younger generation though that brings us right in to the premier lacrosse league becoming the first professional sports league in the world not just america not just north america in the entire goddamn world to announce their team rosters by the individual players uh, putting it out themselves with bitmojis. So, I mean, this was huge news. Bitmojis are very much in, um, you know, so what, what are your, what are your thoughts here on, uh, on, on the PLL announcing those, uh, those rosters with the bitmojis? And uh, did, did you have any that stood out for you? Like I'm obviously, you know, I love the PLL. I love what they're doing. Um, their graphic designer absolutely fucking snapped on on these. Whoever designed all six of these teams and came up with their color schemes and everything just went fucking off. If I had a personal favorite and I and I it had it would have to be the Chrome, just because they've got that kind of you know that that Miami Heat you know retro uh, jersey color scheme like the, the you know the the Chrome with the um, it's not a chrome. It's more like a sea green and like a light pink in the in the in the. Uh, I guess it's black. It, it, it's it's, it's like a it's like a the that Miami Heat uh, like the city edition jersey. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's definitely that's definitely probably my favorite. Uh, my favorite bitmoji is definitely Tom Schreiber. So shout out Tom. Uh, they kind of made him look like kind of like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> he kind of looks like Chris Hemsworth, like you know Thor with with his haircut. Uh, and and both eyes obviously, but uh, Dude, everybody's everybody's bitmoji is pretty on point. That 
the thing about bitmojis that is uh very intriguing to me is like like when you're making a bit like when you're seeing someone else's bitmoji like you're seeing exactly how hot that person thinks that they are like you know Definitely. what i'm saying it's it's like you know like like you're looking around here and i think uh i think marcus holman i so friend of the show recurring guest on on the crease dive uh but marcus holman's bitmoji hot as shit like very very fuckable bitmoji um and, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, yeah, like Mark, like, don't get me wrong. Like you're a good looking guy and everything, but yo, like this bitmoji is fire, like a 12 out of 10. Um, and it's, it's just like really, and, and it's not even just, you know, PLL, but like, you know, when you're like in the group chat or something like that, and someone's throwing like their, their bitmoji to like reply and like, you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, like that, that kind of looks like you a little bit, but it's just like, a way hotter version of you. So I think that that's like a really funny thing about Bitmojis is it, it, it just shows you like how hot people think that they are. And like, don't get me wrong. Like people, people are hot, but like your, your Bitmojis say a lot. That's true. And it also brings them back a few years. Like Matt Donowski, like he, he's not looking like that. I, I, I'm telling you, like the dude's still a baller, but he's not looking like his Bitmoji. I'm sorry, sir. You know, I'm sorry, Dana, that's not you. You know, and I, but all of them are like that, you know, uh, I, I dig Jeremy Thompson's too, you know, playing with the chaos, Jeremy, um, actually, uh, so funny story, a long, a long time ago, this is like 2008, 2009. It was like, you know, this Dick's tournament of champions down in Tampa, Florida, where all these teams got together. So the four Thompson brothers were all on this team and they had to play in the B division with because miles was too too young to play in the a division he was 13 he was starting they fucking smoked every single person there and the 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 thing that i remember about jeremy and everybody so jeremy faced off he gets the first face off he goes down passes it off to the attackman behind the back to the next guy behind the back to the next guy miles catches it behind the back goal insane absolutely and they just they just dipped on everybody and that was the first glimpse of like wow, like these guys are going to be something. And here they are. They're like the most electrifying lacrosse players that the game has ever seen. That was a bit of a tangent, but it's, I, I just, you know, it, it's exciting to me to see them, to see these guys as the face of the sport. And I saw them when I was in high school, you know, yeah, it's, it's badass. It's, it's always, so like, I, I'll like coach like little kids in the summer and shit like that. And it's always interesting to like, see these kids that are like, just like, just leaps and bounds more advanced than than anybody else out there like like a lot of these kids like still don't even like they don't even know how to like move their body yet like they're just like just running around all over like nothing's nothing's and then like you have some kids that just like they've got like a nasty like left to right split and then they like hit a little rollback and shit like shoot right out of the dodge and it's like yo like that kid is gonna be nasty one day so i, I can only imagine what it's like like playing against the young Thompsons. Um, some other bitmojis that really uh, stood out to me. Uh, Trevor Baptiste, great work at uh, making sure that he keep the uh, the speed shades on in his bitmoji. So he's got the sunglasses going on there. If you follow Trevor on social media, you know he's all about speed, that hot, nasty, badass speed, and he gets his speed from his sunglasses. Uh, Miles Jones, he had, he had a pretty good one, pretty pretty uh, pretty accurate. And then uh, didn't 
I'm I'm always late to mention who we have on on the podcast as our uh, as our guest interview. Uh, but you know, again, if if you read the title of the podcast, you know that Nick Ocello of the PLL Redwoods is coming on here in just a couple minutes. Uh, but Nick's he, uh, you know, when we're talking about people making their bitmojis like as hot as as possible. Nick decided to go the opposite route. So his, uh, his bitmoji <laughs> looks like, uh, you know, it looks like he, he's been on a nice little, like, uh, you know, like a four day bender and he's got the, the, uh, bicycle helmet on there as well. So, I mean, just, just a great a bitmoji. And, and again, like that's, you can go one of two, one of two ways with your bitmoji. Like you either make it look like a super hot version of yourself or you, you go the funny route. Uh, and, and that's what Nick Ocello has here with his, with his bicycle helmet. Um, and, and we get into it in the interview a little bit of why he's such a, uh, a big advocate for, for taking safety measures, uh, because he's, he hasn't quite had the, the best stroke of luck recently when it comes to injuries. So, I figure with that, we might as well just kick it right on over to Nick Ocello, Notre Dame alum and current member of Redwoods LC. All right, and joining us now, we've got one of the newest members of Redwoods LC of the Premier Lacrosse League. We've got Nick Ocello on the line. And uh, Nick, hey, uh, you know, Great to have you, and uh, congrats on on getting picked up by the Redwoods here. It's uh, it's, it's got to be got to be a great feeling to know who you're playing with. Yeah, yeah. Th- uh, first off, thank you for having me. Glad it took. Uh, you know, I think it took a little bit too long. I've been wanting to come on this for a while, but uh, no, we were all pretty excited when the rosters got announced. You know, obviously, uh, pretty Notre Dame heavy, and then I had played with a couple of guys as well: uh, Jack Kelly, Larkin Kemp, Brett Hike, and a couple other guys like that that um you know i know i've played with before um and i know are absolute beauties so we are uh we got the group chat rolling um you know we're kind of you know trying to establish those bonds and you know everything like that over a group chat which obviously isn't as much fun but until training camp we're uh you know we're we're getting things rolling and you know we're we're just pumped for the league and everything like that so have uh have you had to to mute anyone on the group chat yet no i uh so eddie glazner put a quota on words that I can say for the day already. That was his first, uh, <laughs> his first group. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty much the guy that needs to be muted. So I'm kind of being careful cause I don't know too many of the guys. So I don't want to, you know, bombard it and, you know, come off looking like an asshole. So, you know, I'm, I'm being well behaved now, but you know, after the first training camp, you know, when we get a couple pints and everything like that, it'll all games are off. Oh yeah. Well, it's gotta be a little tough for you too. Cause so you're out in San Diego, you're, you're playing yep. with the C- well, on the IR right now, we'll get a little bit more into that later. Uh, yeah. but so you're, you're out in San Diego, so you're on that West Coast. So, like, you're probably firing off a few texts to the group chat at like, you know, all hours of the night because, like, you're you're PST. You know, I know that we've had some difficulty trying to figure out the time difference here. Uh, yeah. But, you know, but I'm I'm thinking of a guy like you know a guy like Greg Renlian puts the kids to sleep maybe at nine o'clock. He's got like a four yeah. a.m. wake up call to get into the gym the next day. Meanwhile, here comes Nick in the group chat like you know, 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, uh, you know, how, how's the time zone difference been for uh, for you communicate with the rest of the boys? Uh, it's it actually, like, I think I've done a pretty good job because of our problems. I think I've been way more cognizant of it than I would have been. 
Cause like I'll get done with coaching, you know, depending on the day or like, you know, whatever I'm doing and I'll like, you know, sit down at nine o'clock and be like, all right, perfect. Like time to fire up some group chats, time to fire off some texts, like talk to everybody. And I'm like, Oh shit. People are probably like getting ready for bed or are asleep and have kids and don't need like their phone blowing up. So I think I've been really good about it um, so far, but again, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, as soon as we're all in the locker room together and as soon as like someone like plays a bad song and we're all dogging on them. And as soon as like we can get those inside jokes rolling, then, then it's going to be, you know, probably chirping nonstop 24 seven. So I'm a little reserved right now, but you know, give it a couple weeks and then I'll be, you know, probably getting flamed, but you know, trying to, trying to hold my own at any time. Yeah. I mean, you st- still got, you know, four ish. Mu- I haven't looked at a calendar in a while, so I don't know how long it is till June 1st, but we still got a few months to to get to the yeah. season. So it's, it's, it's preseason for, you know, guys getting ready and it's, it's also preseason for the group chat as well. Um, yeah. But so, I mean, it's not necessarily like you're in season right now though, playing with the yeah. seals in the NLL. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at, at the moment you're on the IR mentioned that uh, a few moments earlier. So, uh, you know, for maybe people that aren't quite aware, <laughs> aren't following along with the story of Nick Ocello this year, um, you know, tell, tell the boys and girls back home, uh, you know, what's been keeping you off the floor right now. Yeah. So this, this one is more about a story for the boys cause it'll resonate, uh, resonate more with them. But it happened uh, first week of February. We were getting ready to play Vancouver, I believe. And uh, and I was playing. I was out on the floor. Um, I was getting in the shooting lane, getting ready to soak a shot. And unfortunately, uh, a shot hit my more sensitive region, and I ruptured my testicle and uh, had to get emergency surgery that night to, uh, to save it. Um, and essentially like the, the way that it happened is I was actually playing really good defense and I got called onto the active roster. Um, so like I knew that this practice meant a lot, like I was going to play well, I was playing well. And then it was Connor Kelly uh, from Maryland. Those, those scumbag Maryland guys. fucking terps. <laughs> God, these goddamn terps. Um, so I was in the shooting lane for him and I don't generally wear cups in practice. Cause I'm like, okay, the, the teammates should be aware. Um, and you know, they should probably be able to understand that if I'm in the shooting lane, they shouldn't go low to high right into my balls. Um, but he must've missed that day of class. He takes his low to high windup and I'm not kidding when I say like it hit center mass, like as, as good as it possibly could have. Um, I'm proud to say that I finished practice and was able to drive myself to the hospital, but, uh, but the, the pain was pretty excruciating and I hope that every guy out there can take a little bit of a lesson. You know, if you don't have the shivers now, um, you know, I'll talk a little bit about the recovery process later, but yeah, I drove to the hospital and I was getting an ultrasound on it and, uh, this this poor ultrasound tech felt so bad because, you know, he, he like, he has that little wand or whatever it is. And he's like literally being as light as possible, but like he needs to put some pressure on it to like, see what the hell is going on. And like, I'm sitting there, like I'm pretty much like biting the bullet. Like I have a towel in my mouth, like I'm like gripping the sides of the gurney as hard as I can. And I'm just sitting there and he's like, yeah, you know how he's like, this poor guy's like, yeah, how's it feeling? Yeah. You know, not, not great, buddy. I, I really think I'm in a good amount of pain here. 
Could have at uh, least taken you out to dinner first, you know? Yeah, seriously. I mean, he, <laughs> they did warm up the jelly, though, which I thought was awfully kind of him because sometimes that's cold. So he's just like, yeah, we warmed it up. And I was like, oh, thanks, buddy. Um, Pretty romantic. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, normal, normally, I, uh, you know, I have to earn that. But, you know, I'm just getting it right off the bat. Well, so um, do you do you typically wear so like you you said like you don't wear a cup for practice, but like are you a, a cup guy all the time? Because like for me, per, like I haven't worn a cup in like forever. And like granted, I'm just playing like beer league at this point. Yeah. Um, but you know, like every single time that I'm playing, like like I I tell my defenseman like right away, like as soon as the game starts, I'm like, buddy, like I'm not wearing a cup. I don't want to get hit with the shot today. I know that you don't want to get hit with the shot today. All right. So like if I'm near the crease, like don't cover me because I'm trying to get the fuck out of there as soon as I can. Like, <laughs> like I'm trying to be as far away from the, the net as possible. Um, yeah. So like that, that's always like something that, you know, like there, there's nothing worse than, you know, just like, playing beer league and all of a sudden like because you know you're playing against a bunch of assholes who are looking to be heroes um yeah. so it's, it's a little bit different i guess for you you know when, when you're at practice with the boys but yeah i guess uh connor kelly recurring guest on the crease side by the way we might need to bring him on again yeah. to talk about this yeah. one uh yeah but like so but are, are you a cup guy all the time because i know uh, uh so i know that safety is a big thing for you yeah big uh safety first from now on um, between the cliff accident earlier this year and between this, I'm just, you know, I'm going to be walking around in bubble, bubble wrap. Um, but so I'm, I'm and especially in indoor, I'm a cup guy in games because you're playing in that tight space. Like a lot of the defense is centered around like making approaches in the skip lanes, making them, you know, making it difficult for them to shoot around you or they have to, you know, throw a twister or something like that. But, um, so I wear a cup every game in indoor, but as far as the rest, like I, I never wear a cup in MLL. I don't wear a cup in practices. Um, and I won't probably, well, I mean, I'm definitely going to be wearing a cup in PLL, but I don't have a good enough like grasp on the indoor game to really know like how to avoid stuff like that. Whereas, you know, I've been playing outdoor my entire life. So, you know, I, if I'm not wearing a cup, I can kind of, you know, know when I'm in danger and know when I'm not. Um, but yeah, from now on, I'm I'm gonna be you know a huge cup guy, and uh, you know like the the problem that I was having and why I wasn't wearing a cup. You remember that um, that thing that was going around where the guy couldn't find a helmet big enough? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was I couldn't find a cup small enough. I needed a custom cup. <laughs> small, uh, but I mean, I'll have to talk to a manufacturer about that. But it was cold. Maybe. I just out of the ocean, so. Yeah, maybe uh, you know, maybe we we can get you like a personalized. Uh, what was what was Warriors called the the Nut Hut? Nut Hut. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> maybe we can just go like with like a Nut Hut Junior. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's the thing, man. Cups are like they're so uncomfortable though. Like you would think like you would think enough people would start getting hit hit in the dick to, and it's mm -hmm. like like the cup like big mega cup companies would be like, yeah. all right, like maybe we need to like start like figuring some shit out here. Cause like people don't want to wear this cause they're uncomfortable. So I don't know if, if you're a company out there and like, you're looking to, to really make a difference in not only a sport, but in life, like start making some more like comfortable cups. Cause it, uh, you know, it's definitely, well, they're necessary and yeah, nobody wants to wear them. And I was like, I'm not going to lie. There was, there was a point where I was like freaking out a little bit in the hospital. Cause I got gurneyed from the ultrasound room where the, where the tech, he was like, 
yeah, no, it's actually a, a time sensitive situation. We're going to have the urologist take a look. And I was like, what do you mean time sensitive? Like that's, that's when like the red flags really started going off where it was like, you know, Hey, go home, get some ice, rest it to like, Oh shit, this might actually be like a serious situation. Um, so yeah, so they, so they gurneyed me back into the waiting room and this fucking nurse pops his head in and I'd been sitting there for probably 15 minutes, just like wondering where my life is. And like this nurse just pops his head and he's like, Hey, so I'm sure you heard by now, but you ruptured your testicle and we're prepping you for emergency surgery. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, like, <laughs> And he's like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. Normally, like, they communicate these things, but hold on, let me go get the urologist. And so they, they came back and, you know, they were kind of describing the procedure and they're like, yeah, you know, we, we saw what we saw in the ultrasound. You definitely took a shot. Um, you know, we're going to make an incision. And I was like, oh. And he's like, and we're going to explore the area. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, and so they were kind of like telling me what it was, but they made sure to say, they were like, yeah. And you know, there is a chance that we have to remove it. I would only give it, you know, a 25% chance. And like, they were just so casual about all this stuff. I'm like, guys, like you're talking about removing one of my balls. Like you can't just slide it in there. They're like, yeah, you know, it's an exploratory procedure, this and that, you know, we might have to remove it and you know, we should be looking. And I'm like, no, 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 go, go back to that last part. Um, At that point, you just got to be like, guys, like, like put, put me to sleep here, like do whatever needs to be done. But like, I don't want to be involved with this conversation anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were like, well, we need to make you aware. And I'm like, I, okay, I got it. Um, but then, uh, then the nurse who was just on my bad side, just, uh, he came on my good side and gave me some morphine to help with the pain. So that, that definitely was a nice little treat from him. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, to be honest, they're, so they 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 described what was going to happen, and then they just left to like go prep uh, the operating room or whatever they have to do. Um, and they literally just said, "Hey, we might have to remove your ball, this and that. You still should be able to have kids." Um, all right, we'll be back. And they just gave me like a half hour to just sit on that. And I was like, "Oh God!" I was like, I was calling my mom. You know, I called. You know, I was texting a couple buddies, and like, you know, I was I was making it light. I was making light of the situation for most of it. But there, there was a time where I was like, I was getting ready to call my mom and I'm like, oh, like shit, she's going to ask about grandkids and like, I don't, I'm not ready for that. Like, yeah, maybe if, if she does want some grandkids, maybe just uh, tell Connor Kelly to kind of relax a little bit and practice for, <laughs> for a while before, uh, you know, you can, you can pop one or two out and then he can start going bombs away again. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing, I thought he felt worse about the whole situation than I did. I mean, I'm probably, you know, I, I have a uh, doctor's appointment later today to get cleared, but you know, it was, it was six weeks. Um, you know, that's what the nurses were telling me after the, uh, after the operation. Um, and yeah, like, you know, he came over and, you know, saw me and, you know, I've talked to him and he like feels really i'm like dude it's okay like it happens but he's like oh my god man like that's so bad and of course you know i showed him the the scars <laughs> like that. Ooh! yeah but, it, it's like it's really tough because like anytime anyone gets hit in the nuts it's it's always just it's high comedy no matter yeah, what it's hilarious it, but it it takes like a certain like a level that most people luckily have never seen in their lives for a nut shot 
to not be funny anymore to actually be like, oh shit, like we should probably be worried about this one. So like, like that little yeah. like, that line jump from like hilarious, like you just got hit in the balls to like, oh my yeah. god, like he just took one. But like, I don't know, I, not a lot of people have seen it. I don't think that I've I've seen one like that before. Where it now, you know what? It was still funny. Like we were we were playing the game in high school and. For some reason, like during line drills, like the the attack and middies would be like up toward like midfield line. But for some reason, we had our poles doing their line drills behind the net while our goalie was getting warmed up. So one of our coaches just stepping it and like, you know, when you're warming up high school goalies, like no one's actually trying to warm them up. It's like the coach is trying to still figure out if they have shots or not. Yeah, so like yeah. this guy just He's stepping in, rips one, catches a kid clean, right, right in the dick, and uh, it was yeah. it was like it was like a game like for some reason like inside the cross was there, so they had like their camera people there. This fucking camera guy, like we've got this kid like just like dead on the ground with his nuts that just got <laughs> rocked, and this fucking IL guy comes in with a camera right in his face. We're like, dude, like get out of here, out of here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so well, I'm proud to say that I didn't go down. So I soaked the shot and actually ended up getting the Lucy. Um, cause I was like all hopped up on adrenaline. And then once it wore off, that's, that's kind of when I was, when I knew I was in trouble and it was so tough, like trying to tell people. Cause I'm like, Hey, like, Hey, you know, I have some news and they're like, Oh God, what? Cause this was, this was probably nine o'clock my time. So when I was calling my mom, you know, I, I don't call her that late. I was like, Hey mom, like, and I was texting my dad because obviously my dad resonated with the situation more than my mom would. I was like, Hey dad, you know, took a shot in the balls, probably going to have to get surgery. He's like, Oh shit. And I was like, yeah, like you think I have to tell mom about this or can I just fly under the radar? He's like, dude, tell your mom, like, don't be an idiot. Um, and then my mom, she's such an angel. She was like, Oh my God. Like, I'm so sorry. Like I, I'm, I'll look at flights right now. You know, I'll come out and I'm like, you know, I think if it was literally any other injury, I would be more than happy to have you come out, but I don't need, um, I was like, I don't, don't necessarily need you coming out and being like, Hey, like, how's it feeling? And I'm like, Oh my God, mom, like it hurts. And I, I was like, you know, anything else I think I'd, I'd have you, but because it's this region and it's a surgery, I think I'll just take the L and be bedridden on the couch for, for a week and, you know, call it good. But yeah. it, it's, well, it's tough to tell people and have them take it serious. I'm like, yeah, like I ruptured a testicle and they're like, like, okay, are you all right? I'm like, yeah. They're like, <laughs> so you fuckers. Um, but I mean, life, it, it's still like if, if you have to take a shot to the nuts, but like you still you still get to move out to San Diego playing with the seals. Yep. So uh, yep. have uh, were you out there before the the seals game, or are you out there just like, or is that why why you're out there right now? Yeah, so that's uh, so I was coaching at Air Force, and I kind of realized like you know I was born and raised in Colorado. I don't want to live here my whole life. I should check out somewhere else, but Colorado's pretty sick area. So I was like, all right, where's like another cool place? And I was like, all right, well, San Diego's got to be up there. Um, and then I actually found out I got signed by the SEALs um, earlier. Like I didn't even know about all the CBA stuff, like the holdout stuff that was going on. So I like an asshole signed immediately and then had to like go back and be like, hey, um, so you know how I signed that contract? You know, I'm actually a part of the player pool. So I guess like I'll be, you know, 
boycotting camp and stuff like that. But I had already decided that I wanted to move out to San Diego, regardless of if I was going to play with the seals or not. Um, so yeah, so I'm out here for the long haul. I'll be, uh, I'll be here all summer, you know, through the fall, you know, lease is up at, uh, in December. So I'm, uh, I'm at least here for, Oh, sorry for a year. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I'm due for some good luck. Did you, you saw that cliff accident I had, right? Yeah. Well, uh, so we'll, we'll that have was to, fun. yeah, well, let's, let's talk about that one a little bit too. Cause, uh, you know, okay. that might be another one that kind of, kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit, but, uh, you know, the, that that's part of a San Diego life getting to live on the beach. But, uh, sometimes those, those riptides oh. will get you a little bit, huh? Yeah, that. So growing up in Denver, I didn't exactly play in the ocean every day. Um, and it was, you know, we were getting ready to actually promote some San Diego seal stuff. Cause we're like, hashtag dive in is like our hashtag. We're like, Oh, how cool would it be if we go like dive in off a cliff and wow, a genius plan, Nick. Um, so yeah, me and Garrett Apple, we went out and like, it's, it was pretty aggressive waters, but we're like, okay, you know, I'm a pretty good swimmer. I can get to the side, this and that. And as soon as we jumped in, we were like, all right, this is now a very serious issue. Um, but you know, it'd just be one of those things. Like as soon as I would get close to like the spot where you can like scurry up the cliffs, I just look up and there'd be like, you know, a wave the size of a house coming. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, here we go. Um, and then, yeah, like the, the lifeguards were actually awesome. People were dicks about that for a good reason. Like we're idiots, but the lifeguards came, you know, they got me on the jet ski and then towed me back to, uh, to the, uh, to the pier, to the ocean beach pier. <clears throat> they were just like, Hey, are you all right? This and that, you know, like, don't be an idiot. You know, that's illegal. And, you know, I was like, yeah, like it's illegal. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. Like I'm never going in the ocean. And they're like, okay, relax. Like we, you know, we know you learned a lesson. Alexa, stop. Um, I like the news notification set up. Um, Cultured. But yeah. It was like the lifeguards were super cool about it, but everyone else was like, you know, you're costing, you're making them risk their lives. Like you should be fine. You should have to move. You should be kicked out you guys are idiots. We're boycotting the seals. And I was just like, guys, like I understand where you're coming from. Cause I, ironically enough, there was a guy that had gotten trapped on a mountain and needed to be rescued by the mountain, uh, by the mountain rescue in Colorado. And like my family group chat was like, Oh, like, look at this idiot. Can you believe he got caught at love? Like, well, so so there, there's, a, there's a little San Diego family group chat going on right now. Just like yeah. talking about Nick. Osella. like, look at this fucking dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm, I feel bad for like my family because I'll call them and I'll be like, hey, mom, like, can I tell you something about she's like, oh, God, what now? And I'm like, well, you know, I jumped off a cliff and had to be rescued. I'm like, hey, mom, what now? Oh, my balls exploded. Like, awesome. Like, great, Nick. That's awesome. <laughs> but, but it's on the up. I mean, the seals, you guys are buzzing along right now. I think you're what second in the, in the West. So yeah. And, and anyone who was boycotting the seals, you're a fucking idiot. Cause you're missing out on some great lacrosse. Uh, and, and then coming up in the summer, you got rolling with the redwoods. Um, yeah. so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, think things are, I think things are looking up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about, about the roster. And it's, it's really funny just because the rosters are announced and like, guy like i play with kyle hartzell on the seals so it's like oh man like he's my teammate and this and that but at the same time like 
yo, we're going to smoke you this summer. Like, just get ready to get this work. But like right now, like we're teammates. It's awesome. Um, so it's, there's, there are some funny dynamics going on across the league and, you know, there, uh, if you just look at all these rosters, I, you know, I'd be good scrolling through and I'm like, holy shit, that team's stacked. Holy shit, that team's stacked. So it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to get to camp and see, uh, you know, see how we play together. I know we already have like the built-in Notre Dame defense, but I'm really excited to get all those uh, transition Brown boys, um, you know, because Corgan wasn't the biggest, you know, proponent of pushing transition no matter what. Like a lot of times polls didn't really have the green light unless it was wide open. And, you know, shit, Larkin Kemp would be like dodging from X like rolling back, you know, feeding it up to, you know, Dylan Malloy. So it's going to be really cool to see, you know, just what uh, what the team's looking like and everything like that, which is super generic, but, you know, it is the truth. Yeah, I think John, John Saxon, he can bring some heat too as well. Probably with yeah. his uh, little, little traditional pocket there. Um, but, you know, <laughs> so, you know, speaking of guys who, you know, and lacrosse is like a small community anyway. So like most people are like friend, friendly with other people. But like, who are you most looking forward to going up against this year? Because I, I think I have like one in mind that I think you would really enjoy tucking one away against. Um, but, you know, who, who, who uh, you know, like who are the guys that, you know, like you're friendly with, but you, now you're on different teams and it's like, all right, like, like that's, that's where, cause like that's, that's where yeah. I think some of the best, you know, rivalries are going to be built like out of people that are like tight with each other, but it's like the, that little competitive streak kicks in and it's like, like I, I care for you off the field, but I'm ready to fucking bury you on the field. Yeah. Uh, the entire Terps team. Um, I think that would be, Really, I uh, you're gonna have to remind me of the name because we know all the rocks. I think they're they're the whip snakes, is the uh, the, yeah, the whip, yeah, whip yeah, terps. they are the whip snakes. So, you know, they they just have like every freaking Maryland grad. Um, and so it'd be between the whip snakes and I believe the uh, the Atlas Scotty Rogers team, right? Yep, so it's it's just one of those things where it's like you kind of have because that team has like Scotty Rogers and Paul Rabel and all those guys. So I've always been like the, oh, like, you know, you guys have these huge followings, this and that. Like, yeah, like I grew up watching you play, Paul, but like, I'm going to fucking stuff you right now. Um, like, oh, yeah, Scotty, like, you know, you went to Notre Dame and this and that, but like, you better believe I'm going to try and bury one. So it's like, it's almost like these guys that are like the premier guys in the sport. I want to be like, yeah, no, like I'm, I'm going to I'm going to show you that like you're you're not that sick. Um, and it's not even because they're bad guys. Like, I don't want to like chirp them too much, but it's like, oh, like, this is my chance to really be like, you know, hey, I got Paul Rabel. Like, hey, I got this guy. Um, oh, yeah. And then that'll be on NBC. So for the yeah. whole world to see, so that's, that's, that's a big stage for a guy like yeah. you to, to make some noise, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then um, the Terps, too. That, that, that'll be a good one for you guys to put away. Uh, try, trying to think about. You, you could probably get get a nice little uh maybe maybe put uh Rambo down a little bit yeah no definitely and um you know it's it's one of those things and I don't think people are talking about it enough but they like every team is gonna be in the same city every week like you know I don't care how good of friends you are I don't care this I don't care that like when you're on a team and like when you're going out you're they're gonna be like these rivalries that emerge and like this and that. I remember every time we would play New York with the outlaws, especially, you know, kind of 
the past couple games, you know, like when Drew Adams hit Eric Law or like, you know, there'd be a cheap shot or like, you know, a scrum or something like that. You know, you'd see these guys out at the bar and, you know, nothing really would ever happen, but there was like a little bit of tension in the air. And a little, little animosity. Yeah, like a little animosity, like, hey, what's up, man? Like, we're out grabbing beers, but, you know, that, that was kind of a fucked up thing you did on the field there. Um, and so there's going to be stuff like that that happens. And normally it's just like, okay, like, you, you just got to get through Saturday, make your flight Sunday, and then it's over. That's not going to be the case anymore. It's going to be like, okay, you just got to get through, get, get on your flight, and then you're going to see him out the next week, and you're going to see him – on the field and you're going to see him like all these different times. So ironically enough, the guy that I've, I've always had a rivalry with is Pat Harbison. Um, who's, who's on the team. Um, so, so I got to find something new. Reason. Huh? I said, yeah. So now you just got to find someone new. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm actually excited to talk to him about it and be like, Hey, remember like all that horrendous shit that we would say to each other on the field and those cheap shots. Now we get to do that to somebody else. That's going to be pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me, let me buy you a beer real quick. Yeah, might might have to be a couple. We've we've said some mean stuff to each other. Yeah, well, uh, real quick, just to shift gears a little bit. So, I mean, going a little, little bit of a rivalry with that the whip terps, the whip snakes. Yeah. Um, but so it it had to feel pretty good for you uh, Sunday. I, I don't know what time it was in Pacific, but uh, Sunday afternoon, Notre Dame coming away with that nice little ot dub over uh over maryland there so do you get a chance to to still follow the team a little bit like now that you, you know you got plenty of stuff going you're different time zone and you got coaching yeah. and playing with the seals but do you get a chance to to still keep an uh keep an eye out on the boys oh yeah absolutely and that's um you know they're it's it's pretty convenient now just because i feel like there are a hundred ways to watch and even if you're not watching you know the, the highlights are up so quickly um so yeah, I was able to catch most of that game. I think I missed like the first quarter or something like that. <clears throat> but um, no, I mean it's it's one of those things that indoor facility. The lighting's a bit weird. Field's a bit weird. We have never lost there, so we you know the loft disadvantage. It's big. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where I'm actually glad we dropped the game to Richmond early. I think we're trying to follow the Duke model of you know kind of pooping your pants when in one of the first two games of the season, dropping one and then, you know, be ready for May. Um, but I'm actually headed up to, uh, to Orange County. Cause again, I'm on the IR and, you know, I'm not traveling back to Colorado, which is who the seals are playing this week. But, um, you know, I'm headed up to Orange County into the lions. Then pretty much I'm staying in an Airbnb with, uh, like Trevor Baptiste, Christian Bergdorf, Mike Reese, Westberg, you know, like, essentially the murderers row of the team that beat us in 2015 in that overtime game. So I've like, I just know I'm going to walk in and the shit talk's just going to be instant. Um, luckily, you know, it's, I know those guys well. And to be honest, I think I view DU as favorably as I do any other team. Cause I've gotten to know a lot of those guys and they're pretty much just like the Denver version of us. Um, not as smart though. And so we're staying in this huge Airbnb and like, you know, I'm going to be seeing coach Corrigan and coach burn after the game and stuff like that. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool to stay involved and just, you know, keep up and, you know, I'm texting a couple guys on the team and stuff like that. So it, it is a really tight knit community lacrosse in general, but it's, you know, I still stay relatively involved. 
Speaking of those DU guys, because I've like, so you mentioned like how Duke poops their pants in the beginning of the season and then they kind of yeah. use that as fuel when once April and May comes around. But I've got another conspiracy that I've been working on for a little bit here and I, I put it out on the podcast a couple times, but I, I need you to do a little bit of inside research for me when you're with those guys. But okay. I'm, I'm pretty convinced at this point that Coach Tierney throws the Big East tournament every year to let to let another big East team into the tournament because like, like they know that they're going to get the, um, that at large bid, but like yeah. if, they, if they let like another big East team into the tournament with that AQ, like it kind of like sometimes it'll, it'll kind of, you know, it'll, it'll keep a team like, you know, something, I think it kept like uh maybe Ohio state out last year or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it'll keep like a bubble team out. So that's just, and it'll look good for the big East, you know, build confidence strength oh we had two teams make it to the tournament last year again like i'm i'm pretty like i the only thing i need now is confirmation but like it's happened okay. so many times where denver just doesn't show up for the big east tournament that i think that there's there's something bigger there so uh yeah if, if you could do you know just some uh you know just put on yeah, your I'll wear, uh, I'll wear a wire and try and get that on tape and then we can submit that to the ncaa who will i'm sure handle it terribly but yeah they'll they'll just sus suspend Tohoka over it. <laughs> uh, Cheating. Tohoka suspended. Uh, but so your your time though with the NCAA. So you you uh you know obviously lacrosse. It's not. It's growing. It's it's the sport of the future. We say it time mm -hmm. and time again. Course, but like but but like let's not kid ourselves and pretend like the NCAA cares about lacrosse the most. But yeah, while, while you were at Notre Dame, I mean that's a that's a big time you you played uh football for a year there now so that's i mean that's a big time Technically, yes. yeah so what what you did what step on the field on special teams a couple times i had one tackle which rudy that's 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 i mean that rudy got a movie about that so <laughs> I, I i think the sequel's coming out soon just called nick what what year did you play there uh, the 2015, 2016 season uh, damn, um, so that was, uh, we had Jalen Smith, Will Fuller, Deshaun Kaiser. It was that year, um, where we actually ended up losing to Ezekiel Elliott's Ohio state team in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, so that was, we, we were fortunate enough to have like a absolutely sick team. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was, they were like, Oh, what's, the biggest difference and like just the the whole production of the football game was ridiculous like you know obviously the the workouts are more intense practice you know you have a hundred coaches there making sure that every five minute you know we're not wasting a second of time running in between drills things like that um but the the just the production of getting to a game like leaving a game like the hotels stuff like that you know, we would get a police escort on our buses to a chartered 747 to fly out to Clemson, um, where we would get a police escort to our hotel. We would be we would be like we would cause logistical nightmares for cities. I remember when we flew into Boston, we were getting ready to play uh, Boston College at Fenway Park. And it was like it was rush hour traffic. And we got a police escort causing all these cars to like go onto the median and like into the like safety lane or whatever that's called just so that our bus could go at like 45. And <laughs> I like, I just thought that was the coolest thing where it's like, yeah, Hey, we're in town. Everybody take a back seat to us because we're actually like impacting the economy of a city. 
<clears throat> and then so between that and then just between like the amount of food and like all that all the other perks that came along with it like food gear like facilities like schedules stuff like that i mean it was it, like being a part of a program that truly is a powerhouse that brings in millions of dollars of revenue like they they make sure that you're taken care of which is really cool and not what that was, what was your what was your salary but it's different huh what was your salary i i didn't get paid <laughs> I wish I was good enough where that could have been like a serious question. <laughs> did I, uh, did you ever, so I guess, I guess it would have been a few years later then I was hoping that you were on the team. I, did, did you ever get to know Manti Teo at all? No, I mean, I would see him around and like, sometimes he would, you know, be at the lax house briefly or, you know, I'd run into him, you know, out in the dining hall, whatever. But no, I, uh, I never got to know him well. Yeah. What about trying to think of other guys that, well, do you think that uh, Sergio Salcido could have got himself some, some time on the field? I know that he, uh, he was playing in that flag football league this past summer, I think. So, I mean, he's Sergio Salcido or Perkovic. Oh yeah. Perkovic. <laughs> hey, those are both out. Too, too many. Uh, yeah. Too, Sergio. It's a, it's a big name in uh, lacrosse, I guess coming up here, but yeah, no Perkovic that, Motor City Hitman. I think, I, I think actually obligated to say that anytime we bring up his name. Yep. I, I think he could have. Um, and if you didn't know, he was a hell of a high school football player in uh, Brother Rice, Michigan. I think he got offers by like Northwestern and Illinois and like a couple other D1s. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the kid's a freak of an athlete and, you know, he uh, he takes – he takes care of his body almost to like an extreme extent where, you know, I'd be looking at what he would be eating in like the dining hall and stuff. And I'm like, Serge, what the hell is that? Like, don't you want to enjoy, like enjoy the food you're eating? And, you know, he'd just be like cranking out push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, just like randomly. Like we just, we just get done with a lift and you'd see him bust out like a hundred push-ups in the corner of the locker room after the lift. We're like, dude, what are you doing? Um, but between his work ethic and just like his frame, I, I don't think there's a doubt. He probably might have, um, you know, been able to sneak on a couple offensive sets if uh, if he was able to learn the playbook. Well, so yeah, so um, I, I you, you might not be able to believe this, but I never got around to like actually watching a game of the American Flag Football League. No, uh, you're but kidding. yeah, so I, I missed that one. I think I still have it on my DVR somewhere. Um, <laughs> but like. He, was, he caught a he, touchdown from Mike Vick. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, he played on a team with Mike Vick, uh, and I think I think Ocho Cinco was on that team too. So, like, he's like I I feel like I I feel like he's a guy who we we I, I wish that he still had some eligibility left because yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to see him uh, go out there and and try to you know maybe be uh maybe be the next Chris Hogan because you know yeah. people forget. I don't think I mentioned that he played lacrosse, but that was one of the things that I wanted to see, like, cause we'll have camp here coming up. Um, you know, I feel like it's months away, but it always seems like it'll be tomorrow and, you know, I'll be heading up to a uh, PLL camp. Um, but that was one of the things I wanted to be like, all right, somebody grab a, somebody grab a video camera. Like I'll, I'll be cornerback. Sergio's going to be like wide receiver. Like, Cause he was getting all this, you know, like it was pretty sick. Like, Oh, you know, Mike Vick threw him a touchdown pass, this and that, Oh, you should have played football, this and that. And I'm like, Hey, I did. <laughs> and I want to see like, if Sergio can 
get open on a route. And that's going to go one of two ways. I'm either going to look awesome or more likely I'm going to look like an asshole where it's like, oh, sick, Nick. Like you, you made me run a route on you and like I toasted you, um, you know, eat your humble pie on the way out. So, but, you know, I'm going to go in way overconfident before making an ass out of myself, which is kind of how I approach life. Well, you know, if you if you get toasted by him on a route, it's still better than taking a shot from Connor Kelly. So, yeah, yeah, my balls will be safer. I'll wear I'll wear a cut for that route too. Oh. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we get to see you back out on the floor for the Seals sometime soon. Here, looking at the schedule, so unfortunately, you won't be coming to Philly to play against the Wings. But I know that the uh, the Wings will will take a little trip out to the West Coast in uh, about, about a week here. So yeah, uh, yeah. If, if you're uh, you know if 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 you're if your nuts are good to go for that one and, and you find yourself on the roster, maybe you can uh you know you can get that rivalry going with with Rambo and you know yep. start start kind of getting up in, in his grill a little bit. And uh yeah, it could be could be a beautiful thing coming up here. Redwoods and whip snakes. That's two teams Watch that, out. Two are teams fly. that hate each other. No love lost when those two teams <laughs> square up. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I'll keep you posted on, you know, the recovery process and everything like that. You know, I might even, uh, you know, try to go out and grease somebody up on Philly just to, uh, you know, get my name out there, get my brand going as, you know, some one and a half nut scumbag out there, you know, yeah, something. Well, hey, man, if if, uh, if if there's one thing that, you know, the, the wings will do, it's, you know, because they're not exactly winning games these days, but they'll they'll fight you. So get, get out there, <laughs> drop the mitts. Classic and, Philly. Uh, Classic Philly. It's 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 what we do best, uh, but yeah. So we'll uh, we'll be in touch, and uh, I, I know you probably got a doctor's appointment to get here. So yep. hopefully they uh, they warm up that gel for you again, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep talking, man. Thanks Dude, for coming thank on. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right, later. All right. Thanks again to Nick for hopping on the podcast. We'll uh, we'll be checking in more with him as uh, as we get closer here to June 1st with the PLL season kicking off. Uh, but before we get to there, we still got an entire slate of college across ahead of us for this weekend. Uh, and so, you know, at, we're, we're recording this right now. It's it's Wednesday night. Um, so, you know, Las Vegas lines, they don't have their uh, you know, they don't have the, the lines of the odds up yet. And uh, there's also a huge tilt coming up. Uh, so this, again, we're recording on Wednesday. This game is Thursday. So you guys are listening to this podcast Friday or Saturday. So like this has already happened, uh, but we, we can't have this episode and not talk about it. So we've got Loyola heading down to Durham to take on the Duke blue devils. So that's a, uh, that's a Thursday, March 7th at 7 PM. So again, by the time that you listen to this, it already happened. So it doesn't make any sense to preview this game. So we might as well just, uh, give our best predictions and, uh, just, just see how close we come. So this game was absolutely wild. Like back and forth all night. Like what more could you possibly ask for? Like how, just like we we thought we knew what we could see out of Pat Spencer, but did you think that you would see that? Definitely not. I, you know, I, I didn't expect Pat, you know, what, what 
every time Pat goes onto the field, he just does something different. And, you know, I, I finally found a word the other day to describe him when he's moving. And he's silky. He's absolutely silky. Um, you know, you got to you got to think that, you know, Joe Robertson did his best. You know, uh, he stuck a couple. Um, we, we saw we saw him making some moves. He was definitely in his bag. Uh, but Duke's defense gave him as much as they could. Yeah. And like, you know, huge shout out here to Jake Sayal, uh, son of former NFL legend, Junior Sayal. I mean, this was a big coming out party for him. He was just sticking high heat all night. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think we, we, probably should have anticipated him having like a real breakout game this season, but the fact that he did it against Loyola here, um, you know, hat hat goes off to him. So, uh, you know, what, what was crazy though is, is we did see Spencer get into it a little bit with coach Janowski, um, you know, and that's something that, you know, you, you, you just hate to see, I mean, just, just two legends of the game. So, and, and, you know, I think, you know, Pat, he'll definitely be playing for team USA one of these days and, and hope, you know, Coach Janowski will probably be there as well. So, you know, that that's just something to, to look out for. But, you know, so things did get a little chippy there at the end. But as far as, you know, as far as a matchup between two just powerhouse programs, I, I don't think we could have asked for much more. Uh, definitely not. You know, you saw what you could out of J Jacob Stover. And, you, you know, I saw him picking his nose a couple times like the typical goalie does. Um, and you know, you, you couldn't ask more for, for Kevin Lindley, but in terms of, you know, a, a Thursday night tilt, you know, I don't know what the fuck kids and, you know, kids in Duke, you know, do on, do on Thursdays, I guess, uh, you know, what does, what does Durham look like on a Thursday? Maybe they're out, you know, messing with their trust funds or, you know, working on their 401ks, but you know, there's a packed crowd, you know, so they gave up, you know, good for them giving up whatever, whatever they do on a Thursday to come out and see the game. And, you know, we're getting bigger crowds at, at, at every you know, all, all the bigger crowds at every one of these games. And, you know, the game is growing, as they say. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what, it was it was great to see Zion Williamson out there supporting the the lacrosse team. I think that, you know, that's something that's huge. And that just that just speaks volumes to how how much the game is growing to get a guy like Zion out there. Um, so, you know, he was probably talking with his agent a little bit before the game. So, you know, I can understand why he was a little late. He didn't show up till like the second half. But, uh, you know, he, he's definitely got some some money to be made right now. So, but yeah, great game. Uh, and but again, you know, Loyola coming out with a with a little little two goal win there. So I, I think, you know, that loss against Towson really propelled them to to come out here and get out of Durham with a win. But great game there between two great teams. Uh, so, you know, that just that sets up the rest of this week of of lacrosse. And, it uh, you know, we, we get some some real nice matchups tonight. We've got Penn State going up to Cornell. So this will be, uh, you know, Penn State. They they were able to squeak out a win against UPenn last week after getting themselves back on track uh, after losing to Yale. So now they're, you know, this is a uh, this is a big like Ivy League uh, chunk in their schedule. You know, they they lose by one to Yale. Uh, they they beat Penn by one. So now they go up to Cornell. They got to take on Jeff Teat. Hopefully, no one on that Penn State roster has been, uh, you know, getting a little little. Uh, Lucy Goosey with their Instagram post because we would hate to see another kid get suspended against Cornell. Um, but so what, what do you got on this game? I mean, this is going to be obviously the matchup here to look out for is Grant Ament and Jeff T just two of the, the best dodging attackmen in, in the game. So 
what what uh what do you what do you got on this one? Nice little Friday night lights matchup up in Cornell. You know, I think we're getting closer. We're 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 definitely getting closer to the point where we're gonna have one of these games that ends up being like 23-22. This could be one of those games. If Grant Emmett just find, just finds the goal and Jeff Teat snaps like he does, I mean we could see it we could see a 40 goal game. We've nearly had a couple. So you know, I, I think yeah. it's it's two high powered offenses. You know, I think it'll be a shootout. I, I would I would fucking hate to be a goalie. I I will tell you, it, either the Cornell goalie or the Penn State goalie. I'm sorry, guys, it's going to be a bad game. Well, yeah, I mean, like Cornell Albany, that was 17 16, um, and that was without Hogan there. Now, like you know, people can make the argument that maybe Albany's offense, like just at at the moment might be running a little bit more smoothly um, w- without one on the field. I, I think, you know, I, you know, you missed all fall ball and shit like that. So, I mean, we don't got to talk about Albany right now, but, um, but that was a 17, 16 game without one of the most dynamic players in that matchup being on the field. Uh, so the fact that now, you know, you got Penn state rolling up there with grand event with a kid like Mac O'Keefe who can finish it. Um, you know, I, I, I think you're right on there. I, I don't, you know, Cornell's defense isn't really giving me anything that's like, yo, like this is a team that's going to, you know, just be like smoking teams like the entire season. Like, yeah, they're going to score a ton of goals, but they're also going to give up a decent amount. Um, So, yeah, I I would definitely, again, Lax Vegas lines hasn't put it out yet because we're recording this a little earlier in the week on Wednesday. But whatever the over is, call up your bookie and hammer the shit out of it. Easy money. Um. Real quick, let's just stay on with Cornell because they, uh, so they, they turn right around. So they've got this game on Friday night. They are hosting Penn State. And then on Sunday, uh, so they got to hit the road right away and they're going down to take on the number one Towson Tigers. I believe that this will be Towson's first game since beating Loyola. No. No, I think that they definitely they definitely played last weekend, right? After that Loyola game, let me mm. pull this. Uh, oh wait, no, okay, yeah. So they also play on Friday, so the, they got Jacksonville and then Cornell. Um, so actually, where where are those games at? This is this is bad radio for all the boys and girls back home. But is is that going to be a neutral site? Because how did they go? Jacksonville. All right. Well, either way, Cornell taking on the number one Towson Tigers. So both teams will be playing on Friday. Uh, but I, I think, you know, no disrespect to Jacksonville. I, th- I think that a Friday night matchup against Jacksonville is going to be a little bit easier to recover from for Towson coming into this Sunday game where, I mean, Cornell's it's, it's going to be a battle against Penn state. So I think that, um, you know, that Friday night matchup is we'll definitely see it take a, a little bit of a toll coming into this game on Sunday. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to, you know, the, the, okay. So yeah, it's at a neutral. So, okay. So the, it's like a, um, it's a, it's a weekend in Charlotte. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. It's so that's, one of those weekends uh, the, in Charlotte, the, the, the crown, I believe that they're. Yeah. It. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to come down to, for the Towson Tigers, it's going to come down to, uh, you know, how quickly can you get up on Jacksonville? Can you put your your second and third guys in there? Do you put your second and third guys in there? And let your ones take a break. You know, 
or do you play your ones? I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to save save their horses for Cornell. Um, but I mean, these guys are top tier athletes. They could probably take it. Uh, I just I don't know if they're going to risk it against Cornell. I, I, it, it's going to come down to whether the boys uh, take care of themselves. You know, if they're going out in Charlotte, <laughs> they're going out in Charlotte on uh, Friday night after the game. You know, maybe they recover all Saturday. But you know, I, I think I think Towson wins both. I think Towson comes out of the, both those games pretty handedly. I, I don't see Cornell's defense is is anything like a, a Yale or, or or anything like that. They haven't really shown me a whole lot. So, you know, it could be a five six cool game. I, I yeah, knows? I I I think that you know Towson. What we saw them do against Loyola. Um, you know, you, they, they're buzzing on all areas of the field. I mean, they're winning face-offs. They're getting incredible goaltending out of Tyler Canto. Um, and then, you know, guys like Brendan Sunday uh, just sticking the ball. So, I mean, on, on all three areas of the field, they're they're rolling right now. So, um, you know, obviously it's, it's going to be a, a little bit different, you know, going down to Charlotte, playing two games on the weekend on the road. Uh, so I guess it's spring break for, for most of these teams right now. So, um, you know, you, you never really know what to expect out of situations like that. Like you can, you know, you, there's, there's always a chance for a letdown uh, when you're dealing with something like that. Uh, and also the fact that being the number one ranked team in the nation is never, really worked out too well for teams unless it's the very unless it's it you want to end number one after memorial day weekend but until memorial day weekend it feels like if you're the number one team in the nation you're gonna lose pretty soon um so that that's something that is going against towson but yeah i I like them in both of those games um and and so that uh you know but it'll be a tough like this is People are expecting Cornell to be one of the best teams in the nation. They're ranked, you know, top five right now. If they're able to put away Penn State and Towson, that is a uh, a certified wagon. Uh, I if, if they're able to put away both of those teams, they are a contender. Absolutely. Um, they, they that's those are statements right there to be to come to to win both of those games. If they if they come out with one. I still think that that's you know maybe maybe one one win and the other one's close a close loss you know I, I still think that you know in in a month's time they can they can be a, a contender at the table but you know we're we're gonna see them I mean I'm excited to see it especially at a neutral site because then you don't have you know you don't have any of this you know home field advantage type type shit going yeah yeah so it'll uh, so definitely. Good. Hey, if, if you're around the Charlotte area, get yourself out to those games because those are going to be some uh, some quality quality lacrosse. Like those are those are three teams right there. Like again, no disrespect, Jacksonville, but like we're not going to talk about you right now. Um, those are three teams that we could easily end up seeing in Philly Memorial Day weekend. So uh, you know, just just three of the best teams in the nation right now. I think they're all uh Penn State might be like 6 so they're not all top 5 but i mean they're all top 10 so three three of the top 10 teams in one location this weekend in Charlotte if you're around the area get out there to see it uh another neutral site game uh so this will be on Saturday we've got Notre Dame and Denver so i believe they're playing this one in California so a nice little Cali trip for the boys uh fuck man it's <sighs> talking about it it just how nice would it be to be on spring break right now? Like that's a little, <laughs> little bit of a tangent right now, but like just sitting here in Philly and you're in rainy ass Atlanta. Atlanta. Like, uh, 
they spring break needs to be a thing that like happens after college as well. Totally agree. I'd love a fucking beach right now, dog. Uh, but here we are in fucking February, but or it's March. See, I don't even have my, I see that that's what, that's what this shit does to us. I don't Dude, even know what day it is. The, climate change makes everything February. It's, it's February from like November to April. Um, but Notre Dame, they are buzzing off of their overtime win over Maryland last weekend. Uh, and, and that was again, like that, that's one where we're going to, we'll listen back to that podcast that we had last week and just totally wrong. Um, you know, we were, we were thinking that Maryland was going to come out of that one pretty handedly that Notre Dame wasn't going to be able to initiate offense. They weren't going to be able to, you know, move the ball around a little bit and have those playmakers set up, set up some goals. Uh, they shut us up pretty quick and uh, Denver as well. They're, they're coming off of a big win against UNC where they had to travel out East play at 10 in the morning. Uh, it was like 10 or 11. Yeah. I think it might've been like 10 in the morning. It was early for them with UNC. So that was UNC playing their first game on their new facility. Um, so Denver, they weren't having any of that bullshit. They, they weren't happy about waking up early. They weren't happy about North Carolina opening up their new stadium against them. So, uh, you know, they, they were able to take care of business against UNC. So Notre Dame, Denver, I mean, this is this is a matchup that has been uh, one of the better ones in you know the last five ten years of college lacrosse, and this is you know th- this is the matchup where it's when you're talking about the growth of the game, the the westward expansion, and like you know like the sport has made it out west, so like it, it's it's you know now we're we're going south, we're going Pacific West, we're we're going uh, you know like Minnesota and shit like that. So you know Notre Dame and Denver have already done their share for growing the game, and I, both of them are, have won national championships. But it's still just like a, a big game to see how far the game has grown, um, and the fact that both of them are top ten teams and just play nasty lacrosse makes it even better. Uh, so I, I, I think it's, I'm, I, I, I'm still not so a Notre Dame. I think the fact that they got to play that at their indoor facility definitely gave them a little bit of a, uh, a leg up over Maryland and plus Maryland was like due for a loss. Uh, so, so I still, I'm still not sold on them. I've been proven wrong by that before. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to double down here a little bit and say that Denver shooters just unleash holy hell on this Notre Dame defense. Uh, and, and they kind of just, they gun it a little too too early for Notre Dame to be able to get themselves back in that one. Uh, this one's always a good grudge match, man. This is one of the better grudge matches that we get to see. You know, you got, you know, you got Corrigan versus Tierney and, you know, they, they, they both have, you know, they both ordinarily have some of the most solid defenses. So I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised even with the, with the shooters, if we have a low scoring game, but again, man, I can be absolutely wrong, you know, and as we have been, um, I, I think that, you know, we're going to get to see some really good play out of these guys that we've been watching Uh shout out uh, Wheaton Jackaboyce. Uh, probably one of the better names, if not the best name in all of college lacrosse. Uh, so, you know, the Notre Dame Irish have that. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see my man Alex Simmons 
on on Denver do some do some damage like he has been all season. Um, you know, he's just he's crafty. You know, they got all those crafty Canadians. Um, you know, uh, this nice and sunny, uh, nice and sunny game must be nice. Um, I, I, I'm gonna say, and it's gonna be probably totally off. Um, I'm gonna say like Denver by Denver by two, like nine seven. Uh, that, that that's and I and I'm I'm probably gonna fuck that up, but that that's me. That's on me. Yeah, I'm 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 looking at at some of the past scores here over the last few years, and it looks like it looks like these teams kind of go on on some runs here of of so it kind of goes in waves. So Notre Dame wins a few years in a row, then Denver wins a few years in a row. Uh, so the, the last winner of this game. So last year it was a 11, nine win for the Irish. So they, I mean, they could, if, if history repeats itself, I think Notre Dame, they, they've got a couple more wins here in a row looking ahead of them. So, but, but we'll see if, uh, coach, coach Tierney is able to buck the trend a little bit there. I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I still just love these these Denver shooters so much. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that they're going to lose because then I'll be rooting for them to lose. And if I'm rooting for them to lose, then I'm rooting against guys like Ethan Walker uh, and Colton Jackson and Alex Simmons, just shooting the shit out of the ball. So, you know, I, I, I like that. I like that score that you have there for that game. So I, I, I think that Denver comes out on that one on top, but it's going to be great game. Nevertheless, uh what else what else do we got on this schedule because uh we we got we got another just a classic classic lacrosse matchup we've got syracuse versus hopkins the only thing i'll say here uh because you know we're, we're probably running a little little long here for people on their fridays uh but I, I, I need to see Hopkins continue to just be the scrappiest team in the nation. I need to see them uh, just getting nice and chippy out there. I think that's going to be my favorite thing of the 2019 lacrosse season is if Hopkins just gets into a little brawl every single game that they play. Uh, the fact that this one, I'm pretty sure this will be up in the carrier dome. So like, that'll be, I mean, everything just like looks great in the carrier dome, the, the, the vantage, like the, the angles, the camera, everything's perfect. Uh, and I think, you know, Hopkins, I like, again, anytime that they play against an orange team, you know, we saw it with Princeton and now we'll see it with Syracuse, like just the colors will look great. So if we can get a scrap to go on with it, with that as well, um, that's going to be a great way to spend your, your Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I'm totally about it. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to be watching that one. Um, I, I mean, I, I I don't know if I'm sold on Syracuse yet. Um, you know, the game they, against they, the game against Virginia was like so obviously like both offenses can obviously snap whenever they want to, but like the like I'm watching that game and like in the clearing game the ball was on the ground like it for it was like a an odd amount of time that the ball was just on the floor for an acc game so like i don't know if it was just like what it, it was just like a sloppy transition clearing game uh on on both ends so like i don't know if that's like if that's like a syracuse thing i don't know if it was like a virginia thing i don't know if it was like you know the fact that both teams were doing but like if that's something to to kind of keep an eye out on for Syracuse's, uh, you know, if they're able to 
you know, if, if that clearing game stays as yucky as it was against Virginia, um, you know, it'll be tough for them to, to get going in transition. And I think, uh, you know, I think that Hopkins is a, a team who, who can probably thrive in some chaos like that. So if the ball's on the ground a lot, um, you know, I, I feel like Hopkins is just one of those greasy teams who they're able to kind of have those balances go their way. So, I, I like I like Hopkins in this one, but most importantly, I, I want to see I want to see tensions rise in that game. Oh, I'd love I I, I want an intense game too, man. I want I want it to be, you know, I don't want to see you know guys you know blowing each other up, but I I, I would love to see a, a a solid back and forth game. Um, I'm looking through the other games. Uh, I'd like to make a may I make an upset call? Um, per- permission granted. Uh, I'm looking at, and it's it's probably not one of the games that most people will watch, but uh, Boston University and Colgate. Um, Colgate had that huge win in the beginning of the season. Boston University, BU has uh, Chris Gray, who I believe is leading the country in points right now. Um, if not, if it's yeah, not, he's tied with Pat Spencer. Pr- pretty sure he had like 70 points last year as a freshman, and he'll he'll hit triple digits this year. I, I'm calling. I think BU over Colgate. Um, not a not a game that a lot of people will probably catch since it's not a quote unquote big name. But BU's been building a program. This kid's pretty solid. They've also got another guy, James Burr, who has you know almost 30 points. So look, be on the lookout for that one. Again, I could be wrong, so fuck me. But no, I, I like to root for 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 the guys not getting the uh, the uh, the recognition on here. Yeah, I I, I like I, hey. I'm I'm totally on board with with BU just starting to buzz through a little bit. I mean, obviously it's it's a tough conference for them and um, extremely. You know, so, but if if BU can uh, can can just keep keep moving along here at, with with the way that that program's been building over those last couple of years, they're they're going to be a, a weapon for sure. Um, another big game will, will be Albany versus Maryland. So the last two times that these these teams played in the regular season, uh, they've been one goal game. So I mean, obviously that's with Connor Fields and, and TD Erlin uh, at, at Albany. Uh, you know, and, and also so 2017. Maryland with a 12-11 win at Albany. And then uh, then you fast forward to the NCAA quarterfinals that season, and that was Rambo just on a goddamn tear. He wasn't going to not make it to the Final Four that year, so Maryland came away with an 18-9 win in the quarterfinals that year. But then 2018 regular season, uh, Albany goes down to Maryland and gets the 11-10 win. So, you know, again, it's it's a different team for Albany this year. You know, losing Fields, losing TD, um, and and they got beat up on uh, earlier this week against UMass, fourteen to eighteen, and the Hoga was in on that. Um, so it's it's a big game, kind of, but it's just th- this this Albany team's just not what uh what we've been used to seeing the last few years. So it's it's a great matchup in terms of like are we going to see some like sick goals for sure uh but i i don't think that it's going to be nearly as good as it's been in the past so that'll be a that'll be a pretty pretty solid win for maryland yeah i think it's going to be as well um i just i i don't see albany's strength at the face-off x um i i I see they've, they've got some guys who are really crafty like 
you know, Sean Eccles and uh, Jacob Patterson, Davis Diamond. You know, they've got some guys who are really crafty, but they're, you know, Maryland. Maryland is a unit. They play as a unit. They're one of the they're one of the the teams that it's not like this. You know, uh, this amalgamation of uh, uh, of 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 really good players. It's guys who who play together, and they've always been like that. You know, Rambo and um, timeout. Can you can you say that word again? Um, amalgamation. I think that. Am- amalgamation i think i'm using I, that right well well like i i don't know if you're using it right or saying it right or wrong or whatever like i've never but like that the fact that you just brought up that word just talking about this matchup i don't even care it could be completely wrong i i trust your word on it but that was that was big time look i'm trying to, there's probably you know for our younger viewers maybe you guys are younger listeners maybe you guys are studying for the sats great sat word uh other than that like if you're in college throw that one out of the bar. Chicks are just going to be all over you. They'll probably just start ovulating on the spot if you use that one. So, you know, amalgamation, look it up in the dictionary. Make sure you wrap it up though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's always a good point. Uh, But yeah, so clearly you were a student athlete, student first, and uh, but luckily you you never had to get dimed out by Cornell for posting on Instagram and tagging a string company. Uh, But yeah, so that's... That's about that for this weekend in college across. There's also a, another one of those, uh, you know, little little mini spring break tournaments that will be going down here in Philly. So if you're in the area, that those games will be between Penn, Villanova, St. Joe's, and Drexel. So uh, if you got nothing else going on in Philly this weekend, make sure you head out to see those games. Uh, and yeah, so thanks again to Nick Ocello for coming on the podcast today. Uh, no thanks to Bang Energy because this is a, another another week without a without a sponsorship. So uh, hey, you really hate to see it. It's it's tough, man. And so if if you're listening right now, like listen, the, the boys, we don't need a, a ton of money in in our pockets, but like microphones don't buy themselves. Uh, so you know, make sure you know get tag tag jake at call me shit tag bang energy and uh and, and just put one in their ear hole tell them to to show some love for the boys i totally agree i mean i'm 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 just trying to live my best life and i know that my best life involves bang energy so you know here we are and all of our best lives include going low to high to the day we die we out
no mistake and it was long tall Sally with the Sally walks That's the way the Sally walks, baby Changing that dialogue Cause it's bold and cold And it's written in stone The way the Sally walks, baby That's the way the Sally walks Walk, Sally, walk, Sally, walk 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 Walking in the alley, there's no mistaking it was long tall Sally with the Sally walks. That's the way the Sally walks, baby. There's no changing that dialogue. Cause it's bold and cold, and it's written in stone. The way the Sally walks, baby. That's the way the Sally walks. Walk, Sally, walk, Sally, walk. Walk, 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 walk,